Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to GTP Keeper Radio. It is Sunday, October 30th, 2016, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I am here with my co-host, Bill Stiegel. Bill, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, Tonight's show is going to be a a dedication to uh, Rico Water, who... Uh, owned Signal Herp, um, but really it wasn't about what he owned, it was about what he did. And one of the things he was able to do for us uh, was kind of unite us as the Condor community. He was always our go-to person when things were going bad and when things were going well. He always made time for everyone, whether you were an experienced keeper or new to the hobby. Um, and that's what this show is going to be about tonight, Bill. I can't wait. Um, you know, we've done some some really special shows, I think, in the small time amount of time we've been on the air, uh, but we haven't done a show like this before. Um, our, um, you know, we've typically brought guests on or panels on and have done traditional, you know, let's talk about how you do things and what you're interested in. Um, but tonight we're getting totally away from that, and we're going to do a show that's completely dedicated to uh, Rico, and we're going to have some people on here uh, tonight that knew him uh, very, very well, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, their comments about, you know, a man that is now for a lot of new keepers, you know, there's a lot of people out there now, it's the first generation who never got a chance to not only meet Rico, but interact with him on forums, phone calls, or whatever, so... We talked a little bit before the show, you know, how we think how important it is to keep his uh, memory, his experiences, and his commitment to the hobby and these animals um, alive with old keepers that knew him and new keepers that did him. So I can't wait to hear what the guests have to say tonight. Likewise. And, you know, we all keep amazing animals, and a lot of times we focus on our animals. Um, but there's 
we also need to step back and uh, celebrate the people in the hobby who do things the right way, who are the stand-up people, uh, who are good role models, who just are, when everyone, when anyone says something bad about the hobby, you can mention this person's name and it's all good. Um, very few people have a reputation like that in the hobby and it, it, it talks well about Rico. Um, and I'm going to briefly mention that uh, GTP Keeper Radio is brought to you by Aru, by the Aru Condro fan. It's, Aru Condro fan is dedicated to the Aru Green Tree Python in captivity, the proper husbandry, the beautiful pictures, the keepers, and related news. Morelia Viridis Aru, it's all we do. Website is www.arucondrofan.com or on Facebook at arucondrofan. Yeah, it's uh, nice for the guys at arucondrofan to, um, you know, help keep our program going. I will also add, because we're a very transparent show, that we are broadcasting live tonight at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, where the Dallas Cowboys are playing Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. So if you hear some of that game in the background tonight, or tears, hollering, or hooting, that'll be the reason. Noted. So, uh, Bill, what do you <laughs> think? Are we ready to bring guest number one on? I'm ready. Uh, you know, I thought we'd, uh, we kind of got a rundown of who was going to participate tonight. Um, and so I think it was very fitting that we will have ladies go first. We'll get uh, Gary on, followed by Julie. <laughs> Gary Chiavino, my friend, welcome to G- welcome back to GTP Keeper Radio. Did I just take a shot right off the top of the show? I think Phil just gave me yeah. Even after I laughed at his Dallas Cowboy AT&T Stadium joke, I still took a shot. Gary, <laughs> if, the, if the shoe was on the other foot, would you not fire first? I would fire first. I'm not better than that, Bill. I think we both know that. Okay. Yeah, just get it cleared absolutely. Um, hey, thanks for having me, guys. And I, I think it's a great idea for a show. And, um, you know, just listening to you both speak at the top of the hour, buddy, you just really nailed it. You know, you said it best. You said that with Rico, um, you know, when, t- when things were rough and not going well, you, just, you were on the phone with him, you know, and he was kind of bailing you out and giving you the support and always just always had time for you and just always very calm and it was – Nothing was ever a big deal. It's like, okay, this is happening, and then do this. And then at the same time, when things are going great, and um, I get really bummed even just talking about it. But, you know, even like I had a clutch hatch last week, and honestly, I mean, for the last 10-plus years, all I ever did when was as soon as the clutch was hatched, and I just called Rico. I couldn't wait to send him a quick pick, and and uh, he was just so genuinely happy for you all the time. And, uh, yeah, it's just so special. Just, uh, just uh, I wish people really got to, I, You know, what's funny is that, I always talk about Rico in front of my wife. Unfortunately, she never met him, and I always just talk about, God, I wish she had a just chance to meet him at some point because he, um, he just talked to talk and walked to walk. And like you said earlier also, buddy, you know, we all focus on the animals, but it's about the people here who really keep the community together. And, God, he's just at the top of that. And there's definitely a huge gap since he's not been around and seems to be a little more tension, unfortunately, in the chondro groups and um, some people, you know, a lot of long-time herpers going away and, I like to think that Rico kept kind of a more cohesive group when he was around. So, um, But I was going to start um, just by t- 
telling everybody, it's like I guess you know, I was telling Bill and Buddy before the show, I, I realize I'm, I'm just getting so old, but when I was looking back at my notes, I was trying to figure out how long I've known Rico, and when I met him, and I actually met him back in, in 2000, uh, the year 2000, so just over 16 years, 16 years. And, you know, this kind of post-dates pre-Facebook, you know, and this was when really Morelia Veritas was starting to be a huge um, forum, and before that it was called, uh, there was another one called uh, Condro, was it Condro Web, buddy? Was that the name of it with Greg, Greg's site? With the, I think it was yes, called Condro, Condro Web. Web. Yep. Yeah, Condro, with, uh, that kind of started it. Yep. Yep. And um, Tom Phillips, all those guys who are, just have been out of the picture, and I just got to know Rico through there and just uh, speaking with him. And at the time, honestly, I was to do very little breeding. I was really doing mostly brokering. I, I was just really selling all the guys at the time looking for animals. I just had some really good, great connections with some guys bringing stuff into the country back then. And that's really what I was. I and mean, I loved having stuff. I loved the animals. And But I used to love to – my passion was just buying a bunch of babies, raising them, and well, they were big enough to probe, and then I would sell stuff off. I, I, you know, I still dabble and, you know – selling animals here and there but overall it's just to buy a group and keep the nicest stuff back for myself and sell things but that's why i first became familiar with rico and he would um he would call me and say hey gary i know you're buying sell stuff and you know i had a you know good reputation back then and he said i know there's a bunch of babies coming in through bushmaster would you be interested in buying the clutch with me and and that's what we would do we buy clutches together and just through that um relationship he just became very close friends and then when I was able to import that black-headed canary chondro, that was back in 2005, yes, about 11 years ago. Um, wow. And that was the first import animal I ever had. And I just, I, I bought that animal, and I, you know, I just, again, just Rico, just to put it best, he was my security blanket. You know, he was just my security blanket. And I just, he was always at my fingertips to call him, reach out to him. So he really helped me with that animal. And, and I just, as we kept talking about what I needed to do and, the fecals and everything, I said, Rico, you know what I'd love to do? I'm just going to send this animal to you, and I want you to breed it, and we'll just, you just keep it for, you know, some indefinite time period, and that's what we wound up doing, and uh, that really solidified our friendship, because we used to speak regularly, but once we had the animal, he was like a little kid, Garrett, you know, copulated with one of the females today, and he just gave me the play-by-play, and that's when we really just became, you know, just close friends, and um, yeah, so that was back Gary, in how much? Good. How much time did you did you spend with him um, physically? I mean, how many times? Not I, much, Bill. You guys, yeah, yeah you guys much. are in different parts of the country. Yeah, yeah, he's in Tennessee. I'm in Jersey. But, you know, a lot of texting, but a lot of phone. I mean, I would say minimally once a week I spoke with Rico. Just, you know, just whatever <laughs> stupid reason, just in my car. And, hey, what's going on, pal, that type of thing. But, you know, that's something I want to change, Bill, and I really admire you and Buddy on, too, is that, you know, you guys really do get out to the shows about the social aspect of it. And I'm, I'm saying this on – public radio tonight. I really want to get to Tinley next year. I do, when you guys are all there, I do wish I was there. I only went to one show so far, but you know, you always have to remember too, is that um, I'm going to sound like uh, just the old codger now, but I have been doing this for so long. So I used to go to every show. I mean, literally, yeah. you know, the first Daytona shows and the Orlando shows every year, probably 10, 12 years straight. I never missed a show. So yep. I was going full steam for a while and uh, I did make the iCast show, which as far as I'm concerned, you guys, uh, had a, both of you had a big hand in doing it. It was a, probably the best show I'd ever been to, just oh. for the whole social aspect yeah. of it. And, and obviously, Rico was so sick at that time. Um, right. But a, sh- a quick Rico story. I, you know, I shared a story when he had passed away a couple of years back um, on my Facebook page, just about how he had done this pretty awesome thing. I don't want to repeat it for those who probably may have may have seen it, but he just had. I had just really helped him out with some stuff when he was really sick of, of moving some animals, and he had 
uh, without unbeknownst to me, he had sent he had sent me flowers with a card <laughs> that was addressed to my wife, basically just saying to the best wife in the world, uh, you love your husband. And I I received these flowers. I had no idea what the hell was going on. And Yes, we had called me and said, no, I got those for your wife because I want you to have the best day ever. And uh, I know if you bring your wife home those flowers with with that card on there, you're going to have a great day. And, uh, man, that is just him. And it was, man, the guy was never looking for accolades or praise. He just wasn't about that. Like, he's, you know, when you talk about somebody like this, it just sounds so good to be true. You know, it really does. It just sounds like we're building this guy up and, like, you know, we're, we're making him like a saint. But, man, he really, he generally was, you know, he, he just never had a bad word to say about anybody. He had the patience of a saint. And, uh, yeah, I really aspire to be like him. I really do. He, um, he built people up, and he made you feel good about yourself. He never made you feel stupid for asking a question. And he shared in your success. And, I mean, what else can he ask for besides that? Um, yeah, another great Rico story, though, is that uh, I just always thought about getting into some Amazon base in emeralds, and he had just produced, uh, he wasn't producing a lot of them at the time, but he had just produced a litter, and he held some back, and he had a, a female, and we were just talking about it. And I just said, hey, but you know what, what would you, he had, he, these are all holdbacks, and I said, hey, what do, what do you want on that female? He just posted, he had posted a picture of it on probably like the Morelia Veritas site. That was a big thing. It was either King Snake back then or Morelia Veritas. That was your pretty much your only two options. Um, it's 10-3, by the way, Dallas, Bill. He just kicked a field goal. I just have it on in front of me. I'm mute. <laughs> um, Eric, I'm at the game. I'm at the game, okay? We're broadcasting. Yeah, there the you game. go. That's right. I'm sorry. I think I just saw you. I think I just they showed you in the stands. Um, yeah, yep. But I just said, Rico, I, I want to get that, you know, whatever you think is a fair price, man. I want that I want that animal from you. And he said, no, man, don't, don't send me anything. I'm just going to send you the animal. I'm like, what do you do? Would you just stop? And he's like, no, I don't want any money. He's just... And I, I knew him well. I mean, you know, we hadn't met a lot back then, but literally that's what it was. Just And no hidden agenda, nothing. Just take, you know, Garrett, just take, if you want her, just take her. You know what I mean? And you, you know what? You breed her, you send me a couple of babies. And, and um, so, look, he did it for a living. He definitely needed to make money to do it. But at the same time, he, um, that's just the way he was. You know, money was definitely not his priority. And, um, and I did wind up sending him money for the animal. And, you know, but it's just, that was just Rico. Just, you know, just take the animal. Don't worry about it. We'll work something out down the road. And I, you know, so that's, that's, again, that's just the kind of guy he was. Um, yeah. That's one of the amazing thing I, things, you know, you know, Gary, you hear that theme over and over and over about Rico yep. is, oh, yeah. you know, he was one of, I mean, how many pe- else people do you know in the industry the hobby, whatever you want to call it, that could balance that. Yeah, it's my job, it's my living, yep. um, but it's also, you know, my hobby. And you know, it seemed you know he needed the money, but he didn't need the money enough where he couldn't yep. do a gesture like that. You know, it's yep. just he, nobody yep. else can and, balance it like that. No, and you know what? If uh, being from New Jersey, I'm always skeptical, right? I'm always thinking like, all right, what's the hidden agenda? What's the end game sure. here? What's this person looking for? Hey, I'm a salesperson. I have a, I have a company, and I, I do sales all day, and I always do things like that with my clients. But I have a hidden agenda with my clients. I'm trying to get more business <laughs> from them. I can right. tell you with all sincerity that was not Rico. It was never about that with him. It was just not a big deal to him. It wasn't like he had so many animals. It wasn't that at all. It, it was just his thought process. He just was a great person, and he just wanted to – he just, I don't know, he's just, he was who he was, and, um, you know, I, maybe somebody can, I don't know if people know this or not, is that, uh, not to divulge too much, I guess, of his personal life, but people don't realize about Rico that he basically, 
lost his mom and his dad by the time I think he was like 11 or 12 years old. Um, and he went through some really rough stuff with his, um, you know, his then stepmother, I guess, who lived, he lived with his dad, his mom had passed, and I think he lived with his dad and his stepmom, and then basically when his dad died, it was just him and his stepmom, and I think she basically, uh, from what I understood, almost threw him out of the house. And so imagine being like 12, 13 years old, kid, on your own, you lose both your parents. And the reason I bring this up is because, man, most people, that's really at a fork in the road in life, right? I mean, you could really be angry in life and hate everybody and go through life with a chip on your shoulder, or you could kind of rise above it. And, I mean, even though Rico and I never really talked about that a lot, I mean, talk about a guy who just rose above it and still chose to see the best in people and, um, and just always give out a positive message because I'll tell you, I don't know if I could have been as upbeat as he was all the time going through what he had gone through that, you know, really formed his foundation. So, um, yeah. You never would have that, known. I mean, the... The, the the times that I met him, he just seemed to me like his he gave off the impression that, you know, he's living his dream doing yeah. what he's doing. Like this was like his dream. He was so happy doing it. And, and uh, yeah, I never would have known that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, the other thing I really wanted to touch on, you know, when I was thinking about this show and I was thinking about, you know, I wanted to talk about how, you know, my relationship with them and, and a, and a great story, but I also wanted to talk about, um, you know, what I personally would love to do for him, you know, moving into the future is that, you know, is really just to somehow, um, and I know it's it's not easy to do, but somehow keep his legacy alive. It's not going to be through his animals, right, because things become undocumented at some point, and people buy animals, and they get in and out of the hobby quickly, and you don't know where these animals come from. You have no idea of the origin. But I just love talking about, you know, personally, um, I just I try like I know both you do as well. I mean, I, we speak to so many new herpers, new chondro keepers, and I know we put a lot of time into helping people and making sure they do the right things. And I always mention Rico's name, as far as you know, he was my security blanket. And the reason I'm able to help you is because it was this guy Rico Walder who 16 years ago uh, taught me how to get baby fe- chondros feeding and taught me how to hatch an egg and taught me how to cycle an animal, and. Um, it's just uh, that's really what I want to come out of all this is that um, they don't they definitely don't know the name Rico Walder anymore and it's only been a couple of years you know but think about it right these you know these a lot of guys are coming in and you know they're on Facebook and they definitely they know Buddy Buscemi and they know Bill Stegel and they know me and they know all all those guys who post regularly um, but uh, it's a lot easier for all of us today because of uh, you know not able someone to put Trooper Walsh in that category too and Eugene Bissett and all those guys but. Personally, for me, it was definitely Rico. I mean, those guys, they all learned together, and they all lost a lot of animals together. And through that, uh, I consider myself the next generation after a guy like Rico, even though we were pretty much the same age. I was just that next generation of keeper right after him who really made his mark on me and really enabled me to work with these animals, keep them alive, keep them healthy. I mean, I have a pair of uh, animals I paired up this morning. I mean, they're 12 years old. I had them since babies. And, I mean, I attribute that to guys like Rico, that I can keep these things alive like I do and breed them and, and cycle them properly. And, it's, and again, that's, that's all on him. So um, that's really my goal is just always somehow keep his name alive and somehow just put it on my website so people see it. And um, that's, yeah, that's really what I want to do. So. Yeah. We couldn't agree more. That's, um, you know, why we wanted, you know, to do the show tonight. And, um, you know, just a, like you said, a memorial to the people that knew Rico, but just as important, a message out there to the people that didn't know him or don't know him, um, you know, uh, 
I think it's like you. It's very, very important. And I know that the people on this show and, and most of the people listening to this show will do everything they can in their power to to keep that message going forward. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's definitely worth it, you know. And uh yeah, unfortunately they'll never know the person himself. They're either gonna know what he what he taught us and, and the knowledge he transferred, but it's just the way he did it and the way he delivered the message that you can never really capture unless you knew him and that's really what unfortunately that'll get lost in translation down the road, but if you could just keep that hey the his name is so unique too. That's what's so great about it. So I'm hoping because it is somewhat unique that we it will be yeah. easier to keep uh, you know going forward. You know. So, um, but anyway, uh, I was going to turn it around on you guys for a second and just say to both you. I mean, I feel like I've known you guys forever. I know, buddy. I've known you quite a bit longer. But do you guys recall how you came to know about Rico or how you met him or the first time you heard of his name or? Uh, sure. Yeah, buddy. So I uh, was, uh, yeah, buddy. Buddy. Oh, yeah. This is. I've been. I've been wanting to hear. Was, That's a great question, Gary. Yep. So I was a uh, new condor keeper, and um, a friend of mine had encouraged me to join uh, both uh, Morelli Veers Forum and Condor Web, uh, fine GTPs uh, forum board over there, and I, I did both. And um, of course, when you're new and you're trying to take in as much information as possible, you. You know, you search through things, and I saw Rico was on both sites, um, and it seemed like whenever he posted, like, people kind of would, like, listen. He was kind of, at the time, I guess, the person who I knew more so at the time was Greg Maxwell. Like, when he posted something, people would kind of, you know, stop you know, stop and listen, everything, pay attention to it, and then saw this trend, and then I started, like, kind of search who he was, which took me to his Signal Herp website, um, and then my friend Tim was doing some arboreal symposiums um, in the mid, in the he had done some in the mid 90s, and uh, I had an interest in doing that. And Tim told me I should you know reach out to this person Rico Water, and um, so I did. And I you know called him, and I really had no idea. I wasn't. I mean, I kind of had the impression you know at this time he had a website, uh, but I really didn't know like how. You know, was he a hobbyist? Um, was was this you know professional breeder? And when I talked to him, and, you know, of course, you talked about collections, and I think I had, you know I had a very very small collection at the time. And just talked to him, and he we talked about chondros, and he told me about some other things that he had done with reptiles. And you know, it was just like two old friends had uh, had maybe not talked in years. were, were talking, and um, so we went back and forth, and I bounced some ideas uh, about him about you know I was trying to revive those arboreal symposiums that Tim had done because I I wasn't I was in the community but I just wasn't able to attend them and you know Rico gave me a lot of good input about when and how to do it and but I actually didn't re- meet Rico until uh Jurgen came over to the United States which I I can't remember when this was Gary but you were you were there, there. they had Jurgen yeah, that was great Jurgen Palooza right yep and um, so uh, Jurgen's a keeper over. Is he in Denmark, Gary? I think it's where he is. Uh, he come over. T- forget where he is at exactly. I forget where where Jurgen is. He come over to from, the yeah. states. Yeah. Yeah, and you know he was kind of in the area, and he was spending some time with the local condor folks. Yeah. Um. So they they, uh, John Holland was yep. able to secure a restaurant for us and yep. we all got together at this restaurant 
And that was a great. Um, that was a great Rico. time. That was a lot of fun. Yep, Rico was there, I, and um, that's the first time I met him. Um, I picked and the him, funny I part picked him up, and I stayed. I stayed with him at that show. Yeah, I picked him up at the airport, and I stayed with him for the weekend. Yeah, we just had a great time. Yep, yep. good time. But um, John Holland, who I'd met before and, and knew who John Holland was, but the, the running joke was John Holland had made up a whole bunch of "Hi, my name is Rico." Um, Name tag, and he wanted everyone everyone to wear one. So, you know, just a little sidebar about that. But that's the first time I met him. um, Was that was at that event, and I can't remember when that was. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's been been ten years now. Yeah, Yeah. right. It was was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. They had an auction. I can't remember what the auction was for. And of course, Rico had an animal there. Yeah, that was for the MVF. I, I actually was the auctioneer okay. for that. That's why I remember. And that was for the MVF trying to raise money for Greg and yeah, keep the site going. Yep. Gotcha. Yep, that's yep. pretty cool. Yep. See, yep. I go time. to stuff. <laughs> you used to go to stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get back to that. But that's awesome. Well, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold you to your Tinley promise. Yeah. Next year. No, I want to do that. There's so many folks I want to meet there. That honestly. So yeah, I definitely want to do that. And um, so, Bill, I was going to ask you the same question. I mean, you know, I know you've been around for a long time. Carpets probably made the transition to Condros a few years back. And did you get the? I know you didn't. You didn't actually get to meet Rico, did you? You know, I met him very, oh, very briefly the, at ICAST. ICAST. That's right. That's at right. Okay. That's where I met you. That's where I met yep, you and absolutely. Buddy. That's the first time I met you. Yep, you're right. Yeah. So. And you know, I was. You. It's interesting. You were talking about how you were kind of second generation keeper after Rico. Well, I was third generation uh, keeper. Um, And so I obviously knew who Rico was. And at the time of ICAS, I think I maybe had one or two chondros. I I think, yeah, I think I had two. And, um, you know, obviously I just, I briefly said hello to Rico in passing, but, you know, looking at him at ICAS, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't think so, but I mean, I knew what I was looking at when I saw him, how yeah, sick he was. Yeah. And I knew that he did not have long to be on, yeah. you know, on this world. So I did not want to spend any time with him, really, because yeah. there were so many people there that had history with him or knew him through, you know, but were never able to meet him. And, you know, I enjoyed watching those people get to interact with Rico. Um, so I did get to meet him. I got to see him. I got to watch him interact with people. Um, and then the third chondro I ever acquired was a, uh animal that Christian Stewart had put up on the uh, to, to benefit Rico while he was still alive. And uh, I purchased that animal, and Christian donated the money to Rico's health. Uh, Great healthcare at the time. Um, but I just felt very, very fortunate to have been able to, you know, to see him in person and see him interact with the people that like you and like buddy that, that knew him for a long time. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. I'm glad you got a chance to meet him. Yeah. And I wish you had met him obviously when he was under different circumstances, but, um, as sick as he was, he was, uh, obviously had a, a difficult time speaking at that time. Um, but overall, you, you know, when you did speak to him, he was still his, his brain was still Rico, and the way he thought was still Rico, and you could see that with him. But um, he had a wicked sense of humor too. People don't realize that about <laughs> him. He, was so right. he had a wicked yeah. sense of humor, and he was fast, and he was sharp, and he would definitely yeah. catch you off guard. 
So, <laughs> That's yeah. what I hear. You were yeah. you were his you were kind of his uh, his stepchild, so to speak, weren't you? Yeah. I was like what a straight he, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But Ginger I'll tell you, just, yeah, the step, the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. So, yeah. Well, thanks again to both you guys for doing this show. And um, yeah, he's worth it, man. He really is. He's just worth it. And I just feel fortunate to have gotten to know him and to have learned under his tutelage. And uh, I just, in addition, to just thinking so highly of him. I just, man, I just talk about so much respect for the guy too. The way. Um, people respond to him and interacted with him. And, um, yeah, he's definitely somebody to, you know, emulate in the hobby. And that's, uh, I don't have his patience. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't. Rico had patience like no other. And I think I'm pretty good. But when you, when you saw him interacting, especially with some folks who might've been, you know, brand new, it's just like, he was just, um, he was damn good. You know, he's just he's so patient and, and genuinely, um, just wanting to help people. So, and even though I, I like to think the three of us are in that category. It's just his patience to just go, they just go beyond anything I'm capable of, I'll tell you. so. Um, I agree. He's he's the goal. <clears throat> you know, try try to emulate him as much as possible. And, you know, it, it may never, you may never get there a hundred percent, but it, it's, it, it's a good role model and it's a good goal to have. Yeah. If, if you can be like Rico, Rico, I was actually down and visited uh, Christian Stewart, uh, last week, and um, we were just talking about just a little bit about Rico, and um, just about how what you had mentioned, Gary, that you know there definitely is there's a there's a void right now in in the Condor community. And that's, yeah. you know not that there's not great people out there now that that are around, but you know I think we're all hurting just a little bit. Um, we yeah. we kind of miss his presence and his guidance, yeah. and um, and hopefully you know that that void will be will. Someone will yeah. come and, and, and fill that void, hopefully. That's it. That's all we can do, buddy. You're right. And I definitely feel that void, just like you stated. And, um, yeah, so I think the only thing we could do is just kind of, uh, you know, all kind of do, – well, doing exactly what you guys do. And I'm, ta- I'm talking about it. You guys are actually doing it. And doing what you're doing tonight is definitely plays a huge role in trying to close the void and close the gaps and keeping the community together and – you know what, though, buddy, if you think about it, we all tend to romanticize the past as far as, you know, there was always, there was always, uh, you know, um, politics. In any, and I, I, that's the wrong word. There's always passion in anything. People are passionate about this. There's going to be, uh, you know, ups and downs as far as emotions and people take things for that always existed. But Rico never took part in it. Um, he never, you know, he just, uh, I, God, I hate to do this. Don't shoot me, Bill, but to use the Hillary term as, you know, People go low, Rico went high, you know, um, but yeah. that's the reality of it. That's really what he did. He um, he just built people up. That's what he did. He made you feel better yeah. about yourself. He did take shots at people, and that's I think that's all we can do. And you know what? I, I do try to do that, and I know you guys do too. I mean, we all see stuff that we, you know, your first inclination is to get on and make a post, but I honestly just step away, and I go, you know what? I'm not going to change this person's mind. I'm not going to get involved, and that's what I choose to do is just not get involved. And uh, one one thing I am feeling and um, as far as Rico's gap is that you know people have always reached out to me for support in the past you know uh, via email or whatever text or phone call but since Rico the last couple years I got to tell you I see so many people reaching out to me more you know I am in me on Facebook probably because I have a bigger presence on Facebook but and I you know and I and I try to get back to everybody and I try to do the best I can but I'm thinking I know why these people are reaching out to me because 
this person doesn't exist anymore. This, this was Rico. This is exactly what he did for me. So as oftentimes as they want to go, you know what, I don't know who this person is. They're probably texting 10 different people. They never bought anything from me. They're buying something from I just try not to do that. And I say, you know what, I just I answer them. It's just that's what I do. And I know you guys do the same thing. And that's what Rico would have did. Right. And I mean it when I yep. say that. I really do try my absolute best to, you know, help fill his his uh, void. And I know guys like Harlan Wall too do the same thing. So, so again, yep. I, I commend you guys. Seriously, you're doing a wonderful thing here tonight. I think it's great, and I love that you did it. And you put the, you know, you guys are busy. I know that, and you put the time and energy into it. I appreciate it. I'm sure everybody listening appreciates it. So, thank you for doing this. Well, Gary, we can't you're thank welcome. you enough for your time. Yeah, and for your Absolutely. for your comments and for letting you know us and the people listening to the show give them a little bit of uh insight into some things about rico that that they probably didn't know so well, thank you my friend excellent well have a great night guys and out of respect to the next people guests calling in i promise i look forward to listening to everything but i am going to watch the rest of the game right now and i'll listen to everything <laughs> in detail tomorrow and i look i sincerely look forward to it i want to hear I know Michael's going to speak, and, and Julie, uh, I never get a chance to see Julie or speak to her, and obviously Marshall's going to jump on, so I really am anxious to hear what, what all they say, because I know, like, Julie's, you know, very much involved, you know, socially. She really, I give her a lot of credit, too. She's always out there at the shows and just, you know, just getting in just meeting everybody, you know, and, and uh, that's something I wanted to get back to doing. So, anyway, have a great rest of the show. I look forward to listening to everybody, and thank you um, for letting me participate. All right, go Cowboys. Thank you, Gary. All right. Yeah, let's not get panicky, Bill. All right, guys. Have a great night. <laughs> you All too. Right. Bye. Uh, we knew we could count on Gary for some uh, for some good times and some very informative uh, some stories about Rico. Absolutely. So um, our next caller is uh, she's on Facebook as Julie Julie Morellian, and um, I've known her for a few years. Hung out with her at some uh, Condro and Carpet Fest, and uh, you know she's the wild woman of the Condro Morelia world. And I have to say that when she shows up someplace, I feel like she's got my back. So uh, I'm glad to have her on the show. Julie, welcome to the show. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure there's any words left after her. You got the applause, Julie. Gary did not. I feel special. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gary had all the words. But yeah, yeah but so he doesn't right. get the applause. He just nailed it. Totally. Julie, you were you were well missed at Tinley, sister. Yeah, I had missed all you guys too, thankfully. Uh, I had plenty of texts of various shenanigans that didn't belong on Facebook coming my way most of the night, so I felt somewhat involved even at a distance. Yeah. Right. How's your dog doing? Yeah, she's kind of doing the same. Still uh, still hanging in, still wants to be here, so I just kind of pick her up and move her from place to place, and we do what we do. You know, um, you're your boy Howard is going to come visit me, uh, the Arlington NRBC in February and hang out a couple of days. You are huh. welcome to come up with him and join us. We've got plenty of room here. That sounds really compelling. I might actually just do that. I've been wanting to check that show out. We'll take a look at your schedule. It's middle of February. Yeah. That after the first year is actually better for me. So yeah, that might, that might work well. 
I will right. get with my brother from another mother and see what the plans right. are. Maybe I can make it. All right, you do that. Why don't um, you know Gary had been a guest on the show before, and you have not. Why don't, before we start talking about Rico, why don't you take just a second to kind of introduce yourself um, to the people that maybe aren't familiar with you, as far as you know what you're currently keeping and what your passion for for reptiles are. Um, I primarily keep Morelia in general. I also have a lot of colubrids. Um, Carpets and chondros kind of 50-50 mixed. My uh, my gig is generally jungles within the carpets, and in chondros it's a 50-50 split between the designer mutts and the locality stuff. Um, I never lost my love for that green snake with that really fancy blue line down the back. So the manaquari mm-hmm. that were born yellow, I dig them. I dig them every bit as much as I dig my blue critters. Um, Aroos, I like those quite a bit too. Um, and then I keep about a couple hundred um, colubrids, gray bands, um, some of the pyros. Uh, I've got some hondos recently. Um, I partnered up with Bill Babcock from Ophidian, and he's one of the founders of Habitat Systems, which would explain why I have so much habitat here. <laughs> and, uh, I was um, wondering. Yeah, that's that's how it ended up getting here, and we had a lot of it in storage at one point, and we're like, wait, I don't have any room for this, let's sell some of this, so that's kind of why there's so much habitat here. That definitely did not come from me, but um, so we partnered up together a couple years ago, and it kind of went from that hobbyist level to kind of close to, holy shit, this is a lot of snakes, and yeah. it's been <laughs> a lot of fun, i got to say, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm missing Rico on the regular one. It's when it's uh, time to ask those questions about. Okay, now that this is what I do, what do I do now? So there's, <laughs> to this day, I still am like, I gotta ask Rick, Rico. Oh shit, there's no Rico. Yeah, this is not cool. So that mm. uh, the um, Gary touched on. I think one of the most important things that is Rico was Rico and still will be Rico is the um, just the genuine kindness and the, the passion that he had for these animals. And he did not care if you were just hatching your first corn snake or if you just hatched an albino. He was equally thrilled for you, and he wanted to hear about it, and it was genuine. It wasn't, I'm trying to tell you something. It's, I want to talk snake with you. And you're just not going to find anybody in this industry over all the years we got to, to have them in our lives is going to say a bad word about him. I don't think you can say that about anybody else in the hobby. So yep. that's what I try to emulate, being something of a hothead from time to time. I try to step back and say, how would Rico do this? You know, this guy is clearly not going to be happy with anything. So how would Rico handle this? You know, how would he make the best out of a bad situation or, you know, somebody's new and they're contacting me with yet another, what locality is this animal question? You know, a lot of us are like, I mean, seriously, we, we all hate that question, but you know, we're, it's on us now to answer that question with, you know, with a reasonable response, with kindness, with, you know, to encourage people to move forward and stay with this hobby. You know, they just lost their animal. They bought it a show instead of saying, you're an idiot, don't buy from the show, buy from hobby breeders, what's wrong with you? It's on us to be kind to them, because that's what Rico would do. And Absolutely. I think that that's something that, you know, I try to get on the forums. Obviously, my life is kind of busy, and I haven't been online as much as I used to be. But I try to get on the forums and 
and help with that or put a stop to it when I see somebody just, you know, just being a dick. We have, you know, we have that one rule in that, that one for my men, don't be a dick because right. Rick was never a dick and it's just not necessary. I don't care if you had a bad day. This guy's asking a legit question. He needs a legit answer. You know, if she bought something at a show that dropped dead, she shouldn't have bought it. She deserves a legit answer. So that she stays in the hobby because you never know when those people are going to be the next Rico. Everybody started somewhere. Yep. So that, that's, well, you know, I think that's his legacy going forward is, you know, just doing that, taking care of the people as they come along. Everybody, Julie, has their own, you know, style, and none of us can change and, you know, act the way or think the way that Rico did. And, you know, but we can take bits and pieces of his character and like you said infuse it into our own style you know into into the way that we work and that's natural for us and you know i think that's that's all that's all he would have wanted you know from you and the other people he interacted with oh sure and he recognized all our, cra- our crazy character traits and he enjoyed every last one of them you know i mean and gary touched on it again his sense of humor was wicked i mean he was yeah. quick and if there was something funny to be said he said it and you're like, wow, where'd that come from? Okay, that's part of you too. Excellent. Held no nothing back, no punches back, huh? No, exactly. I mean, you know, <laughs> he was never crass or ugly, but you yeah. know, off-color jokes, absolutely, that happened. You know, yep, it was yep. good <laughs> I mean, there's pretty How? much nothing better than going up to Rico and sitting on the porch with a handful of us that you know were fortunate enough to be within driving distance. For me, it was about seven hours, but. It was time well spent in the car to get to him. We'd sit up on that porch, drink beer, and just run our mouths all day long, go up, look at snakes, come back down, cook some food, drink more beer. It was That that was the best time ever. You know, if this hobby isn't about making friends and spending time with it, I don't know what it's about. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you initially met him? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember. It's, it's like he'd always been there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like you. Um, I'm not first generation. I'm not even second generation. I consider myself third generation. I got my first Condro in 2008, and I want to say I met him at the Condro Fest at um, Greg Stevens' place. Okay. In in Bel Air. I think that's where I met him the first time. I might have met him somewhere else. I talked to him a lot, you know, by text and. You know, in on email, sometimes I bought a couple of credits from him, and, and we just started talking. You know, he's, he's the easiest person in the world to talk to because whether it was a question or you just kind of changed away from snakes and started talking about life, and he and I used to like to talk about hockey. And he was a huge yeah. Predators fan. And obviously I'm a huge Red Wings fan. Everybody who's ever seen my Facebook knows that. So we used to give each other jabs about hockey all the time, and that was great big fun. So, I, I, yeah, I think I think it must have been Condro Fest in 2010 when I met him. So compared to everybody else that, you know, is, is talking about him today, I didn't know him nearly as long as most people did. But you, you didn't need to know him for, you know, you, you hear this story about this great big rock star, and then you find out he's just the coolest person on the planet. He could have had so much attitude, and he just didn't. Yeah. He'd been there and done that 20 times over. And it, did, right. it just didn't matter. He was like, oh, great, new friends. We need new friends. I love new friends. And this is what we saw when 
he was sick and we were asking the the, uh, community for support, it came by the hundreds. You know, it came in. You saw saw a lot of that. Yeah. But. I was going to say you saw a lot of that, didn't you? I mean, just the the amount of support that came in for Rico, um, you know, financially, morally, um, you know, just whatever it took. So many people gave so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We saw it just every day there was somebody saying, you know, is there something I can do? Is there, you know, is there somewhere I can, should I call him? What should I do? You know, just people were genuinely concerned, and it didn't, it didn't go away. You know, I mean, it was a really long fight for the disease he had. And yeah, it was. People stuck around. I mean, they didn't forget. Yeah, you know, it was. Of course, it always tapers off after a huge announcement like that. But there was a lot of consistency behind the scenes. You know, for people trying to help, and a lot of people went up the hill and helped with the animals, and a lot of people helped move animals when it was time for that to happen. And, they, and then they texted them and they they emailed him. <laughs> you know, he, and uh, then. Towards the very at the very end, I mean, the only thing he ever wanted to do was go hang out with a snake friend. You know, and he he kept getting to do that. And funny thing, uh, I probably two weeks before he died, he he texted me. He goes, "Hey, you got any pyros? I want pyros." I'm like, "Rico, what are you can do with pyros?" <laughs> you know? He's like, "No, I just, you know, I can't I can't get up the stairs anymore, but I want snakes down here." I'm like, "All right, I'll give you pyros. That's fine. Whatever you want." <laughs> He still wants new snakes. And I want to say that was like about two weeks before he passed away. That that kind of killed me. I was just, I was dying laughing at that. That's crazy. You know, a lot of people, you said they didn't didn't forget about Rico. And, and, you know, even when his animals came up for auction, then you saw kind of a resurgence of, you know, so many people wanted a piece of Rico via his animals, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that first set that I put up, I sat at that computer and talked to people and got on the phone, and I got up 14 hours later not realizing how long I'd been sitting there. Yeah. Because it was such a strong outpouring, and I got up, and I went outside for a minute, and I was like, my eyes were burning because they had been staring at the computer screen for so long. Like, wow, we just moved a lot of animals in a really short amount of time. But, yeah, I mean, to this day, I still get people asking if I'm going to, you know, do I have any Rico snakes that I want to let go of? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm selling Rico snakes. <laughs> you know, um, you nor Buddy were at the, at the Tinley Park NARBC, but I was there, and I hung out mostly, uh, you know, with the carpet guys because, as usual, there wasn't a big chondro presence there. Um, Jason Stevens wasn't there. Ryan Burke wasn't there that I'm aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. Forrest Fanning had a few animals there, but somebody found me and said, "Hey, come take a look at uh, you know." There's some chondros over here, and they weren't you know like in a deli cup, you know, just almost half dead. They looked really good, and mm-hmm. so I went over there, and it was a pair of young guys who you know had their first pair of chondros in the mail that they had. They, th- these kids did everything right. They had a male from Rico, and they had a, a Biak type female. She was probably a, a, a long-term import. But they brought both parents, and they brought the babies. I think they had 16 babies, equal split of red and yellow. And the babies just looked fantastic. I mean, they were healthy. They were thriving. They had them displayed well. 
And I think they sold all but two of those animals the day that I was there. And I got uh, to talk to them a long time. You know, they knew about Rico. They'd never met him. They were, you know, like they were fourth generation. If I'm third generation, they were fourth generation. Um, mm-hmm. But they but they knew Rico. They had one of his animals, one of his males. It was a green snake. And, you know, mm-hmm. but just they, they knew how special it was. I was like, man, that is so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. Sometimes, you know, it's starting to happen more and more. And I don't think I'm ever going to stop cringing when somebody says, who's Rico? And it just, it just makes me cringe. Like, you can't say that. Don't say that out loud, ever. Right. That's why. It, it does. It, yep. Yep. It makes you cringe, but it's also an excellent opportunity to inform them about oh, yeah. Rico and, you know, you know, he, he he has a lot of value to us, and, you know, we may never be able to impart that value to newer keepers, keepers but maybe we can if they see what a role model, I guess, respect we we, we had for him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, at least that's my, well, you know, I my see hopes. It, though. I that, see it in the people that worked with him and that knew him and were friends with him. I see Rico you know, showing up in the way we conduct ourselves and in the way we, you know, talk to new people or try and get information out or encourage somebody that's new and had a bad experience. I see it. You know, it's out there. We're, you know, we, we're all better for having known him. We all act different than we might have acted 10, 15 years ago because we watched his example for so long, and now it's on us to make that same example. Yep, true. It is on us. Yeah, and it's, I mean, a, people are doing it. I, I do believe it. I, I, I do think miss you're right. MVF, I though. People are. I think we lost our community when MVF all kind of converted to Facebook. I, I miss those days where we could just sit on there. And I remember the first time I logged on to MVF, I looked at it and I'm like, you people are really harsh. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it, was a bunch of in, it was a bunch of jokes amongst themselves. I'm like, okay, I can hang. <laughs> no worries. I remember the first time I, I remember the first time I remember the first time I posted on the MVF. I was so nervous, you know, that it, I didn't want to make a typo. I didn't want to, you know, I mean, I was just I like, proofread that thing five times, and oh man, I was oh, I nervous. Totally, I, I was totally there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't know these guys. All you see them is taking jabs at each other, and you you find out later it's all in good fun. But you're looking at these right. guys going. You know, first off, they have green tree pythons, and that's the coolest thing ever. And then right. they're making green tree pythons? That's even cooler. And look at them all. They're all mean. Huh. <laughs> they weren't mean at all. <laughs> they were just a bunch of guys taking the piss. It was great. Well, they do, Absolutely. you know, they there did was... have. Go ahead, buddy. No, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. I was just going to say they, they always have. And, you know, I think I've tried to bring this, and I know, Julie, you've always had this in in the carpet community, nice guys, but police their own, police the Mm -hmm. community, don't tolerate any or, you know, try not to tolerate any BS. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I've tried to bring that, you know, to the carpet community, and I know you have as well. I think that we've got something special in both of those communities that, you know, I don't see that so much in some of the other species that I've worked with. 
I don't see the camaraderie. I don't see people that are truly family to one another. So, you know, yeah, we've lost our two main forms that we all used to go to and we made it exist, but nobody goes to them anymore. But, you know, we can, we can keep that community aspect and help the new people instead of taking fun of them. You know, it's just not necessary. Because these, I mean, you never know. These guys might be the next ones that come up and have some really amazing animals. I want. I want sure. some of those parents. I want to add some right. of what you're doing to my stuff. I want to trade this with you. And hey, you know, you might be somebody I end up talking to, and now we don't even talk snake anymore. We just talk about everything else. Because that's yeah. how it ends yep. up. Yeah, you start talking snake, and then you just have a new friend. Right. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, uh, one of the things about the MVS I felt was... He showed uh, us. Yep. Yep. Was, uh, I remember one time I was on MVS, and they had a four, they, they have a chat room over there, and um, we utilized it one time for one of the shows here. And, uh, yeah. But it used to be pretty active. And I remember one time I, like, logged in and it was, uh, for the MVS, and it would, like, show you a little icon, and it would be, like, you know, it might be, like, three or four P chat room or something. But I logged in one time with like 37 people in the chat room, and I was like, "Wow, what is, you know?" So I logged in there, and um, Rico was over there, Greg Stevens, um, John Romano, and they were just—it was just like, uh, it was like they were having a teaching session. You were just like, people were, you know, you know, tell me about the eggs. Are they really that delicate? And they would, you know, everyone was was just commenting on it. I just, you know, read, the, you know, just wa- sat there and watched the conversation develop and read. You know, that was, you know, a neat experience, which I feel we don't, we don't, you know, with Facebook, I mean, we have almost real-time chat, I guess, on Facebook. But that, like, they, they kind of had this thing organized, and it was just a really neat experience. Um, and it was just like, wow, this made you really appreciate uh, what was being shared and, the time that people were taking out to actually share stuff with you. Um, I know when uh, we did ICAST and Daniel Natush was over here, and one of the things that he told me he was completely blown away by was how here in the States, how open everyone is with everything. Like, oh, you're having difficulty with this. Hey, well, you may want to try this. Or I've had that same problem. And, you know, very similar to, to, you know, what Rico did. And, you know, what we would call Rico a lot of times. Um, but he said that, that just that doesn't really exist in, in his homeland, and that you know people figure out things and they keep it to themselves in order to just be able to, I guess you know, outproduce or have animals you know available. The sharing of information just isn't there. Yeah, that's that's a shame because I think that is one of the most special things about our our two communities, the carpets and the condor communities, is how happy we are for one another at successes and, you know, how, how much we're all get together when somebody has a failure and, you know, we support one another through both. And, and, you know, seeing, seeing somebody who has their first snakes produce their first clutch, that's never going to get old. That's almost as cool never. as the babies peek out of the eggs. You know, I, I love yep. that part. Never gets old. Yeah, if that, never if gets, that old. gets old, you need to find a new hobby. <laughs> I agree. Because, you know, it's like making these, these animals and selling them is all well and good, but it's truly about the people you meet along the way and, you know, the good times and the bad. You have to support each other. 
that's really what it's all about for me. And I think that's what it was all about for Rico, too. He, you know, he, he always liked making babies. That's good fun. And going hanging out with the snakes when the life just gets a bit too much, you go hide in the snake room for a while. Now that That's fine, but <laughs> it's about the people that, you know, that have the like-minded insanity of this condor problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Group therapy. I love the picture you shared. I love the picture you shared, Julie. I think Buddy put it up on GTP Deeper Radio on Facebook. <laughs> Classic. Awesome. Yeah, when uh, the last probably, I guess, nine months or a year maybe even, Rico was up all night. And he just wasn't sleeping well at night. And, you know, I'm always up at night until probably daybreak. So who else has he got to talk to but me? So he's sending me all kinds of nonsense at all hours of the night. We'd chit-chat. It was good fun. Well, we know you had a very special relationship, very special relationship with him, Julia. Even though you said it wasn't as as long as maybe some other people, but uh, yeah, we know how how special Rico was to you, and how special you were to Rico. Yeah, I miss my buddy. I tried the best I can to emulate what he was doing, so hopefully, I make a difference to somebody. I'm sure it. I'm sure it already has. So, Julie, right. quick question for you. Um, will we mm-hmm. see you at the uh, Northeast Carpet Fest this year? Any chance? I think so. Okay. That's, that's the plan. That's the plan. It's, I've had to miss the last couple of them for one reason or another, but that's definitely the plan is to start going back out to the event. Nice. I okay. Got, I got a, a little into the dog rescue again, maybe. So no. mm-hmm. it's been time-consuming. Maybe over your head? No, not. But, <laughs> it's, uh, but on October 27th, it was the 20. It was 25 years since I pulled my first shelter dog. So this is it's kind of something I've always done. But I, I decided I wanted to try midlife crisis and stop writing code. So I'm trained in dogs now and just rescuing them on the, oh. on the side as well. So. I think I'm about ready to go back to really? writing code. Those are dogs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, you know, like I said, I uh, hope to see you. Uh, I'm going to be at Northeast Carpet Fest. That'll be uh, at Eric's place. Eric Burke will have his housewarming combo party there. So I'm awesome. going to be there. And um, if I don't see you there, I'd love to see you in February here in Arlington. One way or the other, I have a feeling we'll see each other before too long. All right. Fair enough. All right, guys, I guess Mike comes next, so I'm going to let you go, and I will listen to the rest of it. From okay. Time. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Julie. Thanks, Thanks for doing Always this. a pleasure. Take care. Thanks, Julie. Bye. Yeah, that she's uh, – She's she's great. I'm I'm so glad she was able to to come on and talk about Rico because they did yep. have a very special relationship and she was instrumental in you know helping Rico Rico's animals and you know the people that cared about Rico and Rico's animals. She was instrumental in getting those animals to people in places that really really wanted them. And so I know that uh that would have made Rico feel very good. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, she's a great person. Glad to call. Glad to call her a friend for sure. Yep. 
so we have our next caller is Michael Fremel, um, pretty active conjurer keeper. Um, he is on uh, MVF, and a lot of people haven't made the connection, but his name on MVF is Doom Trooper. That's what his handle is over there. So if you're an old school like Bill and I over on the MVF, or if you're just getting over there to Morelli of Irritus Forum and you start searching through some posts and uh, you see some posts from a guy named Doom Trooper, that's Michael. So let's bring Michael on. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Michael. Hey, we're great. How, how are, are you? you? I'm a little bit having a panic attack right now. <laughs> oh, no. Did you not take your medication? <laughs> Yeah, I just say the Xanax. I should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on. This is, uh, man, this is low stress. You know, most of the time we do these shows and, you know, we'll mail a guest outline and, you know, pin them to a bunch of technical stuff about their animals or about how they keep, how they breed, blah, blah, blah. Well, this ain't it. This is just you being one of Rico's friends just coming on and just uh, opportunity to you know basically say thanks to rico yeah i appreciate you guys including me in the group it's uh it's an honor um like, like everyone said before me i don't know what else can be said about rico you know he was uh one of a kind you know and uh just a great friend and a, a great you know uh mentor he always, always had time. I mean, you know, you could ask him the most idiotic question, and he was never like, "Listen, I got 500 snakes to feed. You know, let me get out of here." He always, you know, always had time. He was always, you know, sorry for your your tragedies. He was always, you know, ecstatic about your triumphs, and uh, he was just, you know, someone that you know we could all hope to light, you know, hold a candle next to. You know, Michael, of the uh, guests that have been on, you're the first one that's mentioned that term mentor. But I think probably if you asked all of the people that knew him best, you know, mentor would be the way that a lot of people would describe him first and foremost, you know? Yeah, he was always, you know, the first person I always reached out to whenever I had a problem, and, and he was always so willing to help. And, you know, luckily, I mean, since you know meeting everybody that I have met, you know the connections I've made are, you know, beyond unbelievable. You know, and uh, like a few times that I've had to go to the vet or whatever with a snake, you know, talk to the vet and had the you know the uh, the vet's little underlings in the room, and they're like, "Man, you know a lot," <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Well, oh, I got the number to the NCP, uh, the curator to the NCPs." Uh, you know, desk in my oh, phone, speed, you know. Speed dial, right? Speed dial. But, yeah, it was a, it was an honor to call Rico a friend, and uh, it was a great, you know, tragedy for the community to lose him. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a big shock for everybody. Uh, you know, Michael, why don't, you, uh, why, don't you tell us, why don't you tell us a little bit about, I mean, how you met Rico and what kind of your interaction with him was did you know him just uh through social media and texting calls did had you met him in person before i i know you obviously I, I, saw him at i guess yeah i met rico a few times i met him at um the condor fest with greg stephan's house the first time um that's where i met pretty much everybody i was a total total newbie 
Uh, I think I had two condos at the time, and, and I had just been searching through something on Kingsnake and reading the, you know, the more complete condo and hearing, you know, reading about, you know, the first condo fest, and then I heard something about it, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm nobody, but I would love to come, and everyone was like, yeah, come down, that would be great. And, uh, you know, I had no, no idea what I was getting into, you know, I was like, you know, here I am, you know, ponytail and tattooed and all this stuff, and I'm like, you know, what if these people are really, you know, straight-laced and tight tight asses and <laughs> whatever, you know, and then I walked in, I was like, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of, I knew a few people, and, and I saw Greg come out, and then someone was like, there's Greg, and he's got, you know, a sleeve, and his wife has orange hair, I'm like, yes, my people, I was like, cool. <laughs> Listen, we're not all like Gary, okay, we're not all well, like Gary. Well, you know. There's room in the world for cross-dressers. There's room in the world for all these confused people, you know. And Gary is like the lovable, you know. You know, he he identifies as how he identifies, and that's the whole Target thing was all about Gary. And if I see targeted Gary in the Target men's room, women's room, whatever, I don't I don't care, you know. You can, yeah, you can good. take your shots. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so you met him. You think you met him there at the first time at the con? Yeah, that's the uh, first time I met Rico, and uh, you know, I, you know, and, and he just he he shined from the beginning. I mean, I think I I bought I bought like I think my third condo I bought from Rico, and like two days after he shipped that he had posted a sale for the condo fest. You know, it was like twenty percent off or whatever. And I mentioned, you know, mentioned something on his MVF ad. I was like, oh, great. Now I buy a snake. And two days later, they're <laughs> on sale. And uh, when I saw him at the at the Condro Fest, you know, he handed me a, you know, stack of money. He was like, here you go. And he was like, uh, listen, next time, you know, you want something, I'll give you 25% off. I'm like, really? Wow, that, that's awesome. And then when it came time for me to buy that next snake, he asked me if I want to apply my discount. And I said, no, I'm going to hold on to it for something really good. And he was like, "Now nah, I'll give you the discount anyway, you know. And he must have applied that 25% discount like five or six times, you know. <laughs> so, you know he was just great like that, you know. And, uh, you know, there was times where I, you know, had a few extra bucks and I had snakes that were supposed to come from Rico. And I was like, listen, just pick something cool out and, let, you know, send it to me or whatever. You know, and I got like Rico's pick of what was out there. So that was, you know, very cool experiences. And, uh you know, we spent some time at ICAST, which was hard for everybody. I remember when Rico showed up there, it was out in the hallway, out in front of the hall, and there was just so many teary eyes. It was just really, you know, a rough time. Um, but, you know, having him there was, you know, an unbelievable experience. And I'm so glad I got, you know, a chance to see him. And, uh, you know, the world will not yeah, be, was, you know, the same. That was close. I mean, he almost, he almost, literally did not make it to ICAST is my understanding, but you, you probably know more of the, the story about that than I do. Yeah, I don't know the, yeah, the technicalities uh, behind that, but... Yeah, it was, it was touch and go. He was, uh, he was at, a, at a downturn with some health issues, and, um, but uh, Chuck, Darlene, and Rocky... Um, they they were determined that if you know Frigo wanted to be there, um, that they were going to do their best to get him here, get him to the the show in ICAST up here in Maryland, and um, uh, 
and they did. They got him here. You know, they they took their time getting here, and you know, they showed up, and um, you know, they they came into the door. There's Rico, and I'd never met Chuck and Rocky. The first time I met them. Same with Darlene, and um, you know, the first things out of Rico's mouth was like, "Hey, where can we get some good Indian food?" So, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, funny here, you know, we're all worried about him and he comes in just being Rico. And, uh, it was, but yeah, it's like what we have shared before about, about ICAST. It really near, things were looking dismal for the show and, and we weren't sure, you know, you know should, we're, we're at a juncture where, you know, should we, should we not do it or should we just keep on doing it? And Rico, you know, being ill at the time and still supporting us, it, we just decided, you know, we just got to, we got to do this, if only for the fact that, you know, every day is a blessing, and for Rico at that at that time, every day was, you know, a double blessing, and um, we thought, you know, let's do this, at least at least for Rico and for, for the community, it may be the last time that the community will gather with and have Rico with us. And um, so it really became our motivator to kind of push forward and and see to it that you know ICAST happened, and, and I'm glad it did. I mean, he was, you know, he got right up there when he, when he got his lifetime achievement award, and he got right up there and you know just gave a good, you know, talked about uh, the Condor community and, and gave a great speech. And though I know it took a lot out of him, but you know he got a standing ovation. Um, and it was a good experience. I, th- I think it was. I think it was a good for everyone, including Rico. I would hope. Yeah, I guess it was a great time. I hope you guys can do it again sometime. It was un- unbelievably great to be able to put so many names to so many faces, and you know, agreed. Spend some time. Yep. It was awesome. Good. Michael, do you do you have any animals from Rico right now in your collection? Oh yeah, I think I like probably half my collection is Rico animals. From Rico, awesome. Not that I know what I'm be doing good. with them. Who <laughs> <It> does? <laughs> what are you gonna be? Are you gonna be pairing any animals? Yeah, I got a a, a Biak that I want to pair up, and uh, Kofiao outcross from Rico. Um, uh, Maruke pairing from uh, Gary, not Gary. I mean, um, oh, I'm brain farts. Tim Morris, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe another one. See what happens. I don't seem to have a lot of luck, but one of these days I did hatch one. So, I mean, I got what I asked for. I pray. I remember. Just let one hatch, you know. So I got that one. I should have asked, you know, let one clutch hatch. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but. <laughs> See, that's what I did. I prayed to Rico to, you know, let the whole clutch hatch. <laughs> you got to ask for more, Mike. Yeah, I did last year, and I got a whole bunch of duds. Yeah, this year. Uh, I'm this not year. counting on it. I'm just, what happens, happens, you know. They're cadros. Yeah. There's no yeah. rhyme or reason. There's no, uh, nothing but insanity with those things. <laughs> I think that's what makes the condo community so close is that it's an insane hobby and we're all kind of insane in our own special ways, you know? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And uh, expect the the unexpected is the best way to describe it. 
yeah, we could hope. You know, I'm going to try and do some parents in the very near future. I'm down in North Carolina now, and uh, it's been in the 80s still, so I can't expect much for climate change to do much for me. So hopefully we'll get a little bit of fall and I'll get a little bit of action going on. Absolutely. Still plenty of time left for this, for the breeding season, that's for sure. Mike, did you have like a favorite Rico story that you would like to share with us? Well, I mean, it has nothing to do with snakes, but I'll tell you the kind of guy Rico was. You know, I moved down to uh, North Carolina from Long Island, and uh, it was quite a long process. And it was actually when I was I was out in Tennessee looking at houses, I was supposed to stay with Rico, and I had a friend who decided to drive me last minute so I could, you know, look out the window instead of having to drive. So I wasn't able to uh, <clears throat> get to Rico's and see him. And that was right before he got sick. But um, after I moved, Rico was in the midst of his treatment. And, you know, things were, you know, hot and heavy with him. And, uh, you know, my phone rang one day. I was sitting in my apartment while I was looking at houses, you know, looking for houses. And it was Rico. And, you know, he was like, hey, man, I just, I know you're looking for houses. And you must be really, you know, kind of, you know, in, in between places is hard, and he, he was concerned, you know, for me because I was in the midst of moving and looking for a house, and he wanted to check in and make sure I was okay, and and uh, that was just so touching, you know. And here we are, you know, everyone's worried about him, and you know, we're all, have you heard, you know, any news? Is Rico okay? Blah blah blah. And then I hear from him, you know, he's he's concerned about me, you know. It was uh, it was really touched me, you know, quite a way, you know. It was, uh, something super special, you know, and, uh, you know, that's just one of the things I'll always remember, you know, is, uh, you know, he was always concerned for everyone else, you know, even, you know, at the end when he was really sick, you know, he reached out to make sure I was okay, which is, you know, which was, you know, pretty amazing. But, it is amazing. It is amazing. You know, and like everyone else said, the outpouring for Rico was, was unbelievable. You know, I was, back on you know on Long Island when Rico got sick and I was at the White Plains Expo and I just walked around and I hit up a bunch of the vendors I was like listen you know we're having an auction to help Rico and I had like like armfuls of stuff you know you know reptile basics threw me two thermostats and pro products and everyone everyone you know I had animals from Vin Russo and you know, geckos, and you name it, just people were like, oh, you need something for Rico? Here, people that weren't even chondral people were like, take it, boom, 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 just piling stuff in my arms. It was pretty amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So so good to hear. Well, well I can tell, I can, we can tell you miss him. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, it was hard you know to not be able to reach out to him and and i know he would have been he would have been so stoked for that one that i did hatch you know he would have been he would have been (laughs) totally totally ripped on it you know he would have been so into it you know and and you know when it came out i knew it was rico pushing it you know that one egg out of three clutches one egg survived and i didn't really know to pip not to pip Day 51, my incubator's all messed up, you know, it's like, what do I do? And I just finally said, you know what, if this thing's going, it's going under my power. And I pipped it and came back 10 minutes later and that little head was sticking out. Oh, my God. I know he was smiling up there, you know. 
And that is that's awesome. It's so cool. So maybe this year I'll get to see one again. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Did did is so is the little guy still around? Oh yeah, he's doing great. Awesome. Still, still hanging Fantastic. in there. Yeah, he's a was he little... was it a red or yellow? I can't remember. The yellow. Yellow. Yellow bag. Yeah, I was trying oh, to perfect. Trying to prove the uh the controversial controversial theory. Could you get a red baby out of two two yellow parents that came from four red grandparents? But we didn't have enough hatch to figure that one out. Huh. Ooh, that unfortunately been cool. I lost that been interesting. Unfortunately I lost that female so I can't even prove my theory. But Rico said it was possible, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I'm a little at a loss for words, so I guess I'm going to let you guys uh, pick up with the next guest. I hope you got one. We do. Marshall. Uh, Marshall's going to call in uh, any minute, I think. So, uh, Mike, we can't thank you enough for for calling in and and talking and talking with us and sharing your stories and experiences with Rico, man. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for including me in the company. It was uh, quite an honor. I appreciate you guys very much. All my right. Pleasure, Mike. Take care. Take care, my friend. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right. Very – I mean, you could just hear it in uh, in Doom's voice, you know, how, how much he, he just misses him. How yeah, much respect absolutely. he has. Yep. Mike, Mike's a good guy. Um Little, little inside story. We were trying to trying to get Trooper to ICAST actually, um, and I was talking to Mike just to, you know kind of out of the blue, you know trying to get trying to get um, you know just trying to get Trooper because Mike's just one of those guys. He's always like, hey, did, did you do you need any help with anything? And you know just chatting. I was like, you know, we might need Trooper might need a ride. He was like, right. oh really? And sure enough, he's like, I'll do it. He's like, I got to come, right, <laughs> you know, essentially right past Trooper's house on the way to back, you know, up to Maryland because he was in North Carolina at the time. And, um, okay. So, you know, just, just one of those people, so you, you know, kind of, uh, uh, actually it worked out that, that uh, Trooper was able to, someone else brought up, but, you know, Mike just laying it out there, being like Rico, offering to help yeah. and, and lend a hand. Um are you kidding? It would have yep. been a dream come true for him to to ride all the way yeah. to ICAST with Trooper. Yeah, it would right, have been a dream right. come true. I got to pick Greg Stevens, uh, Greg Maxwell up at the airport. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Barry and I picked him up. Cool. Nice. I think I noticed we had another caller call in. Yeah, I think this is... Um... This is probably, besides you and I, Billy's probably been the most frequent personnel, on-air personality for GTP Keeper Radio. <laughs> because of his because of his song. Well, his song. For those of you that have, that don't know the story, uh, that intro music is uh, Mr. Marshall Mendez. He donated that yeah. to us to be our intro music. Uh, so you got a got a condor keeper breeder. Uh, playing some riffs for us to open up the, the show. And Marshall's been here a couple times to uh, 
just do some updates on the Albino Project. He was with us for a uh, a roundtable not that long ago, actually. And, yeah, that's uh, right. Yep. So he's been on a lot. So let's let's bring old Marshall. Marshall, welcome. Hey guys. How are y'all? Good. Sorry, I didn't play the applause for Michael. I just totally, oh, no. just totally, totally blew it. I, I purposefully withheld it for Gary, played it for Julie, <laughs> and then just totally <laughs> blanked out when Michael came on. So, Michael, I apologize. You didn't get the applause. Hey, Marshall. How's it going? We're doing good. We're having a good night. One of those just kind of nostalgic uh, shows. Um, I don't know if you've been listening or not, but we had some really nice uh, exchanges. Uh, Gary's been on and Julie's been on. And then we just recently had Michael on just kind of telling them what made Rico so special. And it's been really, really fun to hear. Oh, cool. Now, unfortunately, I've not been able to listen. Uh, But uh, so hopefully I don't um, repeat any stories, but we'll see. I hope we don't repeat any of Gary's stories. That would that would be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had uh, yeah, we, you know, we've had some guests, um, a couple of the guests, just tell them, you know, their audience a little bit about themselves before talking about Rico. Um, but like Buddy said, you've been on the show, and I think uh, you know most of the listeners know you and know your animals. But before we get into Rico, do you have any? Update you want to share with us about what's going on in in your in your room or in your projects? Uh, well, there's really not a whole lot to report right now. You know, it's just kind of winding down the year. I think I hatched my last clutch of uh, of ball pythons probably about a month ago, and the incubator's finally empty. And uh, I'm just starting to pair things up for next year. Um, I've got uh, Versace paired with, uh, planning to pair him with both of my definite het females this year. So um hoping for, you know, another albino or two or three or four. And, uh, yeah. um, and then, uh, you know, a couple other, couple other things in the works, tiger stripe stuff and, um, calico dream, um, so yeah, we'll see how it pans out. You know, this is uh, haven't really started cooling. Well, it's been so hot here that it's. I know. Uh, yeah, you're too. I mean, it's 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 freaking end of October, and I'm sitting outside and on the deck in shorts and a t-shirt, and it's you know borderline yeah, 80, hot. But 85 degrees. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, hopefully uh, things things with. A, uh, a couple of those pairings will, will work out, and I'm uh, looking forward to 2017 being hopefully a, a good year. So so we'll yeah. see. All right. We wish you luck. We uh, I, was, I always love to follow the stuff that uh, that you put together. I'm glad to hear no, that you but, haven't started pairing yet. I, I haven't either. I, I, you know, we're supposed to get a little, a little cool down in the temps later this week, and so finally I'm going to start cooling my room a little bit. Yeah, that's normally what I do is start cooling things off uh, around the start of November and then start pairing things up and, you know, early to mid-December. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully uh, hopefully things will cool off. But, 
I've, I've put Versace in with one of the females, and they've locked a few times already. But, um, you know, I just kind of threw them in there just to, just, just to see what would happen. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's he's the kind of male that will breed a, a, a broomstick. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, so. Um, okay. All right. Well, so, um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. What? No, I was just going to say, why don't you um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Rico? We, I I love to hear how the uh, the guests on before you how they met Rico and their kind of initial interaction and their initial before they knew Rico. What you know? What did you think of him? What what was your expectations when you met him? Um. Well, I, I really I met I met Rico. I believe it was I was thinking about this today. Um, I think I first met him at, uh, had to have been the first Chondro Fest. So that would have been like, uh, maybe 99 or, uh, 98 to 2000, somewhere in there. And prior to meeting him, um, you know, around that time is just when really the forums just started to, you know, come, become a way people, uh, meeting and exchanging information. So I really didn't know a whole lot about him um, when we met and uh, other than, you know, checking out his website and things like that. But um, so I met him there and um, really got to know him, um, you know, really started getting to know him a lot better at when the Chondro Coalition kind of formed, which, uh, I don't remember exactly what year that was. I want to say it was probably 2003 or or something like that. Um, but when we started doing the doing the shows together, is when I really started getting the you know get to spend some time with him. And uh, from there, we kind of uh, you know grew closer as friends. And uh, he was I was fortunate in that he lived fairly close to me, uh, only about. Chattanooga to Birmingham. It was about two and a half hours door to door. So I would, you know, go to his place a couple times a year. He would come down to mine and, you know, hang out. And we'd do a, do a local show together here in Birmingham. Or I'd just go up to his place for the weekend and, you know, hang out and uh, help him clean racks or just do, you know, do whatever, drink, drink beer. That was always a... Uh, you know, that was always an activity that we uh, did together pretty frequently. So. Nice. Um, yeah, but uh, now he just had a really cool, you know, I don't know what everybody else has said about him, but obviously, you know, his, rep- his uh, reputation preceded him as far as being just a super, you know, accomplished guy at, at what he had uh what he had done professionally, both you know, in the in the zoological world and um, and just in the in the green tree python world, um, I looked up to him uh, as somebody who, um, you know, it, I don't know how much anybody else that came on before me had talked about, but you know, he he kind of he was from Seattle and. Uh, Pretty sure both of us passed away when he was fairly young. I think when he was still in high school. But uh, when he was still in high school, and um, so you know, it, to me, it was always really impressive that uh, 
somebody could, you know, I, I know what would have happened if I was home alone in high school for a weekend, much less, uh, you know, living on my own for him to have accomplished right. all the, you know, all that he did, um, to me, was pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, then I think from there he moved on to, moved to Tampa and was at, uh, maybe at the Tampa Aquarium. I, I can't remember where, where exactly, but I know he was there for a while before moving to Chattanooga when the uh, Tennessee Aquarium opened up. And um, so, you know, to me, it was always just uh, really looked up to him as um, somebody who was able to, you know, achieve the dream that many people listening probably have of being able to work with snakes and, you know, green tree pythons in particular as uh, as a way to earn a living. Um, and, you know, towards uh, towards the end there, um, I say towards the end, probably the last five or six years, he, he you know, quit the aquarium and was able to uh, do his thing just uh, with Signal Herp as the only, you know, as his, as his, as his yeah. gig. And, right. Um, you know, that, that, that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, like I said, yeah. I'm sure it's something, something that a lot of people uh, dream of being able to do. And, um, I always, uh, you know, admired the fact that he was able to to achieve that. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool, and just you know, the, just the most humble and and uh, you know, give you the shirt off his back kind of guy that, that you'd ever you know you'd ever meet. Um, you know, free with information, uh, free flowing with information. I could you know you could call him uh, about whatever. Whenever you know, he was always the person that I would call whenever something that uh, came up that I wasn't expecting or wasn't prepared for, or you know, hey, what do you, you know, what do you, what do I need to do here? And he would always, uh, you know, he'd always been there, done that kind of deal, um, and would be able to, you know, give some advice and guidance, and did it, uh, did it happily, and um, you know, that's just the kind of guy that he was. Uh, you know, I know that I remember that when he passed, I was just um, pretty much blown away at you know just the people from really all over the world that he had touched just from you know either meeting him or doing business with him or um, he had uh, you know such a uh, such a following all over the world um, and. You know, I think it was mainly due to his, you know, helping attitude and just his enthusiasm for the animals and willingness to help people and, uh, you know, in in all kinds of ways, whether it be for husbandry advice or, you know, helping ship animals, uh, you know, uh, overseas or just whatever. You know, he's just the kind of guy that would just do whatever uh, whatever he can do to, to help you. Yeah, kind of the common theme we've heard from the people that came on before you and, you know, other people that have talked about Rico is, yeah, sure, he was awesome with the animals and he was a a database and a wealth of knowledge, but it was really the way that he interacted and treated people that separated him from the other people of his generation that were, you know, probably just as knowledgeable about the animals, husbandry, problems, troubleshooting. Um, but they yeah. were not Rico because Rico, you know, was the one that was 
so special with with the people, the keepers. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. And that's you know that's one of the things that, uh, like I said, that I that I really looked up to him for because I you know I don't I don't have that ability or, or um, you know I'm just not that uh, I don't know not not that I'm an antisocial kind of guy, but I'm just not the kind of person that, uh, you know, is going to, is, is, I just don't have that way with people like he did, um, which was, which was, uh, um, you know, I think really what, you know, how he was able to touch so many people and, uh, you know, why he, uh, really probably how he achieved as much as he did um, was just his, the, the giving attitude and that's, I think, how he, you know, certainly how he was the, you know, part of the foundation of, of Signal Herp and um, kind of how he gained his following was just uh, just his willingness to, to help, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. He was never too busy. That's right. Yeah, ne- never too busy to, to answer the phone or answer questions or, uh, you know, provide bloodline information to somebody that, you know, even whether or not it was an animal that he sold them or or not, you know. Um, um, So, you know, it was uh, just a really, really sad thing. You know, they always say only the, only the good, good die young and, um, you know, that certainly holds holds true in this case. Uh, you know, it always just struck me as being um, so, you know, just such a shame that somebody who had, had achieved as, as much as he had and uh, just, you know, being such a nice guy that, uh, you know, something like that would, you know, would happen. But uh, that's just life sometimes, you know. Life is uh, not fair. It sucks. Nope. Uh, but, uh, you know, just try to remember. I, I always just try to remember the, you know, the, the, the good times that we had, and um, just try not to let it. Uh, you know, just try to keep that, keep that in, in memory. I mean, even even till the very end, man, he just had such a good, such a good attitude. Uh, there was a couple of times, um, I guess, in April of fourteen. Um, when he was going down to Florida to get the first of the, uh, we were calling it the RICO vaccine. Um, (laughs) that was like, you know, experimental, experimental, uh, uh, oncology treatment, I guess you could say that was going to, you know, help, help fight the, the tumors and whatnot. And, and he came down and, you know, he was having a pretty hard time getting around at that point. But uh, still was the same, you know, personality-wise, same same old Rico as ever. Uh, came over and on his on his way down to Florida, and you know, wanted to check out all the snakes, and you know, even wanted to go check out the mouse house, which was you know, <laughs> crazy to me. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's just uh, that's just how he was, man. Just really into it till the very end. Um, so. Yeah, that's what Julie was saying. She said even just like a couple of weeks before he died, he, you know, wanted to get a couple of new snakes, you know, yeah. from Julie. It was like, <laughs> yeah, man. 
I remember uh, going, you know, going to his house a couple times after he'd been sick, and you know, he had a had a uh, had a new terrarium set up that he was going to put some. Oh God, I can't even remember. Like some uh, maybe some mountain king snakes in, or 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 something like that. But uh, just you know, never lost the enthusiasm all the way up to the very end. Uh, and again, I think that's part of what uh, what you know really attracted so many people to him. Um, when you just look at, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different personalities in the green tree python world, and um, even though it's better than a lot of other communities, uh, you know, there's 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 going to be personality conflicts and this and you know just normal normal kind of stuff when you get a big group of people together but man you just never meet anybody who had any negative thing to say about him at all um you know which is just that's a rare thing yep it is i agree i agree so how what uh were there any other uh Interesting stories that I that I missed. I remember, you know, to me a lot of a lot of best memories are from uh, just doing shows, Daytona and uh, Tinley, and um, you know, he'd be out there hanging till the very uh, hanging till the very en- uh, end with everybody. Um, you know, two three o'clock in the morning. I remember being down at the. Uh, down at the ocean deck uh, in Daytona and, uh, you know, having to go and be up and ready to, to go do a show the next <laughs> day. And I'd yeah, always yep. be, you know, not usually the first one to pass out, but uh, uh, in, in that group, I, I was, you know, one of the first. And it, I remember being, you know, routinely being late and me just uh, having enough and ready to go to bed. And he'd be uh, out there still still hanging hanging tough. <laughs> yeah we've heard some good stories um you know kind of we've several people have said that he's just very sharp-witted you know always very quick with um you know with a joke or with uh, you know poking at you um so you know i guess that just was you know part of his personality yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, and he, very... even when he was, yeah, and even when he was sick, you know, Michael was talking about how even when he was sick, he was, you know, worried about Michael. Michael had a problem with a house, or was getting ready to get a house, and you know, he's he's not thinking, man, I've got terminal brain cancer, but he was thinking, you know, Michael needs, you know, might need some help with something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and just what you were saying about his. Uh quick wittedness and, you know, just super smart guy and just be able to, you know, come out of nowhere with the zinger, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty much at any time. So. Well, is there anything things, else? Oh, go ahead. One of those things where, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's been a couple of years now, but for a while there, um, you know, it's uh, took a little bit of getting used to you, not not just being able to pick up the phone and you know get him get him on the phone, make the call, 
um, and be able to you know be able to chat with them. Yeah, that was the other thing that was said before you came on, Marshall. And you know, I am as a we've kind of figured you know described ourselves. I'm kind of a third generation or you know chondro person, and the fact that I never had you know Rico to call or Rico to text or ask or hear you know hear about him, so I don't miss him the way that first and second generation chondro people do. But that's what every person has said that's come on the phone tonight is they still feel a void, you know, that, uh, that Rico's not there. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's true. It's certainly true for me. I mean, he was just such a, uh, such an influential, you know, person to me in uh, in the hobby and, um, you know, just really everything, everything uh, involving, Green tree pythons and uh, you know snakes, snakes in general, um, herps in general. Really, you know, he, he 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 not only obviously he's most famous for his work with chondros, but you know all of the all of the uh, emerald tree boas that I have in my collection pretty much are are you know uh, descendants from his animals. Um, he right. had. Uh, he, you know, had plenty of ball pythons, had different, you know, all different kinds. He was really into turtles, um, which I, I think turtles might have been one of his uh, one of his first, you know, obsessions in the herp world. Huh. But, uh, I, yeah, I a lot of turtles, that. a lot of uh, spotted turtles and um, uh, pancake tortoises, Herman's tortoises. Uh, going to his house, you know, he would ha- he had these big uh, outdoor enclosures where he would just uh, keep, you know, keep all these different, uh, not the pancakes, but the Hermans and the spotted turtles and a couple of different other kind of turtles. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge turtle guy, but um, he would just keep them, you know, outdoors all year round up there on the mountain and uh, um, going up to his place. That's, that's one of the things that really, you know, that I really liked about it was, you you know, when you went up there, you didn't just see green tree pythons, not that there would have been anything wrong with that, but it was, uh, you know, he, he had just a, a broad uh, appreciation for herps and uh, herps in general, um, which, you know, kind of rubbed off on me. You know, I got, uh, certainly when I first met him, I hadn't really ever thought about this, but when I first met him, uh, I was, you know, Contro only kind of guy, and uh, he gave me my first spotted turtles, and he gave me a I, I don't know I think it might have been like a possible het male pied ball python, and that was my only ball <laughs> python. And then you know a year later, I've, I've got you know fifty of the damn things. Um, so you know uh, he was definitely influential in that you know in that regard. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, you know, he was, uh, he was one of the good ones for sure. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, we can't, do you have any, uh, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, good, Bill. Uh, Marsh, do you have any, uh, do you have any, uh, Rico blood in, in your collection right now? Um, Yeah. I do. I have um, 
God, let's see, what do I have? I have, well, all my emeralds are from him, um, I think. Mm-hmm. If not all, like, you know, 90% of them, um, all are, are were either uh, produced by him or are offspring of animals produced by him. And as far as the green tree pythons go, um, I have some tiger stripe stuff. And, um, right, okay. And then I've got, you know, I've got uh, some of the 05, 188 is, um, you know, I'm terrible with, with pedigrees and lineages and just remembering <laughs> kind of what's what. But I know that uh, 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 some of my stuff that is high, you know, blue line or high blue line goes back to his uh, 05, 188. Um, which, for whatever okay. reason, that's the number that one of the numbers that I can usually remember. Um, so, so yeah, I do. I have uh, you know qu- quite a bit, and then you know even some ball python stuff uh, that had his uh, you know that was from his 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 uh, bloodlines. And um, trying to track down now uh, where his tortoises went. I, I know oh. that uh, one of his buddies from Chattanooga had him for a while, and he he passed him off to somebody else. And I'm trying to, uh, or just so happens that Hermans are are one of the species that you can keep outdoors year round um, in the Alabama climate. So I'm trying to uh, track down some some babies from his tortoise bloodline just to you know just to have them. Um, so, but yeah, but as far as as far as chondros go, uh, uh, tiger stripe is probably the, the thing that I have the most of um, okay. that came from him. So mine actually did, they didn't come directly from him, but they came from uh, came via Chris Haight, who okay. uh, you know Chris and Rico were were also pretty close. Chris Chris living in Atlanta, he was uh, you know really close to him as well. Um, you know, Chattanooga to Atlanta is, I don't know, probably closer than it, than he is to me. So Chris was up there pretty frequently and uh, had a good bit of uh, good bit of animals from him. And uh, my tiger stripe stuff actually came via Chris, but uh, they are descendants from the uh, original female. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, tiger stripe stuff, that's just pretty, pretty interesting stuff going on with those animals for sure. Yeah, I I uh, this is this was my first year um producing anything from them. Um I bred two females last year. One of them kind of slugged out on me and the other one I got uh I don't know, eight or eight or nine really nice uh I guess they're maybe, you know, coming up on 6 months old now. Um babies from them all they were all like really super easy starters and um uh a lot of variety in the clutch uh everything from the you know dark dark maroon with orange markings to brown with white markings all all from the same clutch so it'll be interesting to see uh how they you know once they start going through their color change um kind of how they how they end up. So, right. Very good. Very good. 
Okay, my friend. We appreciate you coming on and sharing some memories about Rico. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me on again. Marshall, hey, thanks you're so welcome much, anytime. Buddy. All right, guys. Have a good night. All right. Okay. You too, Marshall. Thank you. Thank you. Uh huh. Bye bye. Well, it's a good show, my friend. Yes, it was. Um, definitely a uh, constant thread was, you know, just what a nice person Rico Rico is and was for the for everyone. Um, yeah, and, give, give and I think the other. <laughs> yeah, well, the other theme was, you know, just everybody mentioned it, you know. When they are encountering people in the reptile community, you know, they tell a part of themselves to be more like Rico and to treat people more like Rico treated people. And, man, if everybody could do just a little bit of that, I think uh, things would be awful smooth. I agree. I agree. It seems as the uh, – as we spend time electronically together, I guess – you know, it's easy to lose patience and forget there's another person on the other side of of the receiving end of the message that you're sending. Yeah, no, it's the um, the so the whole social media thing. It totally dehumanizes people, and um, boy, that's why. You know, I know you and I both feel the same way as far as getting to you know local reptile shows local meetings or even, you know, taking that out of the box trip to a place you've never been, um, whether it's Tinley or whether it's, you know, one of the carpet fests or um, it, once you do it, you'll understand how special it is and how it's so much different than interacting with people through social media. Definitely. Definitely. So, so I think that's what I think Rico would encourage that, you know, he was at ICAST and, you know, ICAST to me was kind of the pinnacle of the social reptile encounters I've been involved in. And, um, you know, I think if you just take from that experience and, you know, just try to go to more shows, try to go to more uh, symposiums, meetings, or, or just local gatherings it it it'll be so worth your while to do it agreed i know one thing the condor community is missing we have not had a condor fest since 2011 yep yep well so if you're out there listening and you want to host a condor fest i'll give you some pointers (laughs) <laughs> tell you can tell the people all the things not to do. Right, um, and all the all the correct things to do too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, yeah, that uh, nobody would uh, would be able to give better better tips than you because you pulled off you know one of the now legendary. Uh, experiences in the Morelia community. Every you know, just about everybody that was anybody uh, was at that at, at ICAS at that function, and I don't know how you guys pulled that off, but to be able to, you know, to be an outsider looking into the job that you guys did was uh, 
you know, it's just a, it was very, very special. It'll, there'll never be another one like it. That's kind of the, almost the fear of trying to do an iCast too, is because you know, you can't, you wouldn't be able to duplicate, uh, what the first one was. Right. Right. And, and, and like Gary said too, is, uh, you know, we kind of romanticize <laughs> things a bit once they're passed. So, uh, sure. but, you know, it was a good, it was a good time. And, um, you know, Maybe there's always possibility, Bill. Always possibility for another iCast. I know. So. I know. I'm not. No. No pressure, buddy. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, my good friend. Deal. It was another good show. Right, Bill. Thanks for setting yep. it up. It's one, yep. Uh, we'll right, get you in a month. Say thanks. Yeah. Say thanks to all of our guests who took time to come in and talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um. You know, I guess my advice to everyone before we leave, Bill, is if you're, uh, before you do something, ask yourself, what would Rico do? Yeah. What would Rico do? Can't agree more. What would Rico do? Okay. All right, Bill. Good night, buddy. Good night, listeners. Have a great night. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.